people are living in the ruins in Gaza. The Israelis insist that they hit Hamas targets who use civilians as human shields. America said it has sent Israel another reminder that Hamas are legitimate military targets and civilians are not. In Gaza, the UN fears civil order is breaking down. Its food warehouses in the south were looted. The desperation comes from Israel's siege, which the UN says violates the laws of war because it's a collective punishment of civilians. Thousands of people ransack the warehouses. Israel says there's no food shortage in Gaza. He's saying we have no flour, no water, not even toilets. Our houses were destroyed. No one cares about us. We appeal to the people of the world. The big powers are against us. We need aid. We wouldn't have done this if we weren't in need. We need fresh water. We need food. We are starving. This is totally unfair. Our children can't sleep. Further north in Gaza City, after patients and staff refused Israel's order to evacuate Al-Quds Hospital, the wards filled with smoke as buildings nearby were hit. Only a few miles away in Starot, the closest Israeli town to Gaza, a sense of grim determination has replaced the panic of the first few days after the Hamas attacks. Eyal Hajbi, Starot's head of security, said his nephew and some of his team were killed by Hamas. A visiting general, Nimrod Aloni, was greeted like a man back from the dead. On the 7th of October, Hamas made the false claim that they'd captured Aloni and taken him into Gaza. Ashby said they were all still trying to process the horror of what happened. The security chief took me on a tour of Storot's defenses. Hamas, he said, had hit them hard. The equation had to change, and if Palestinian civilians suffered, it was not Israel's fault. We allowed them to come work in Israel, and we thought this would help the ordinary people of Gaza. We thought a good economy would bring some peace, but now we know that only security brings peace. But after 20 rounds of war with Hamas and Islamic Jihad, this needs to be a story that ends here. Our eyes were closed, he said, and we lost everything. Israel's dead are still being identified. Hashbi says he can't face any more funerals. Night and day, Israel's ground war to destroy Hamas gathers pace. It is reverberating around the region. The risks of a wider Middle East war remain. Jeremy Bowen, BBC News in southern Israel. Live now to speak to Tommaso della Longa from the Red Cross, joining us from Geneva. Thank you and welcome to the programme. Um, first off, I wonder if you could just confirm whether you've been able to... We have had that communications uh, blackout for a time over the weekend. Have you re-established communications with your team on the ground? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me today. Yes, we re-established communication uh, yesterday, early in the morning, around 4 a.m. Uh, our time. Uh, but still, uh, is not a stable communication and it's still a challenge to talk with teams uh, 
uh, in, uh, in, in the Gaza Strip. The most worrying part of the communication blackout was that people were not able uh, to reach the emergency medical service to call the ambulance. So what we heard from Palestine Crescent colleagues is that they mainly they were mainly following the noise of bombardment to arrive in the area and, and try to find injured people, which, of course, is pretty risky. And once they had located those injured who needed your help, um, what resources do you have to hand? Are they adequate? Not at all. I mean, the resources are absolutely limited and are running out, I would say, minute after minute. I mean, we saw it in our hospital, the Al-Quds Hospital in Gaza City, but also in the other health facilities. The, the stories are um, telling us that um, shelves are empty, medical equipments are not anymore there. And then we don't have to forget the stress on the medical personnel. They are working 24-7 in the last more than two weeks. Uh, without any shift and also being affected themselves. What can you tell us about Al-Quds Hospital? Al-Quds Hospital is uh, uh, fully crowded of patients injured and uh, more than 10,000 people who sought refuge in the hospital because they thought that was the safest place where to stay in Gaza City. The situation, of course, is uh, out of control in the sense that it's a uh, it's a um, stra health structure where people are living in the corridors, in the stairs, outside and inside, plus 500 patients that are uh, receiving a life-saving care. I'm talking about intensive care units, babies in incubators, people uh, who need oxygen. And now the, 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 the issue are mainly two. One is the evacuation order that arrived yesterday, which we are deeply concerned about, because with this situation, there is no possibility to evacuate uh, patients. And then second, lack of medical equipment, but also lack of fuel. Electricity will run out soon. And in Palestine, and colleagues already cut um, air conditioning, the lifts and other part of the, of, the, of the building doesn't get any more electricity to save fuel. But of course, this is a situation that sooner or later will arrive at the end. And of course, this is... So what does the Red Cross make of um, Israel um, saying that there will need to be an evacuation of Al-Quds. What's your position, the organization's position on that warning? Well, I mean, we were clear yesterday, this is not possible. This is not possible. Hospitals must be protected in any condition. And no nurse, no doctor, no patient should risk to die in a, in a bed of a hospital. And then also, this is the impossible dilemma that no doctor or nurse should face. Leave the hospital to seek safety but leaving their patients behind or stay in the hospital risking their lives. Palestine Crescent teams have said it clearly, they will stay with their patients. Uh, Tommaso, obviously you're in Geneva, but uh, I'm assuming you speak to your volunteers and your staff. Have they ever reported any intimidation from uh, members of Hamas in organisations or in buildings such as hospitals? Have they encountered that? To my knowledge, I never heard about these stories. So what is going to be your position next in terms of um, those bombardments have come closer and closer to um, your hospital, well, Al-Quds Hospital and uh, Al-Shifa Hospital. What's going to happen next? What have you got in place? Well, I mean, what we are doing, of course, is calling on all the parties and having a bilateral conversation with different stakeholders to avoid that hospitals will become a, a target, so to protect as much as possible the hospital. And we are 
strengthening all our efforts to get humanitarian aid in from the southern border. Then, of course, we do hope that these two, I mean, the combination between the two, so uh, the, let's say diplomacy in closed-door uh, condition and uh, bringing humanitarian inside the Gaza Strip will help our colleagues mm. in the hospital and around the Gaza Strip. Now, we understand that there were some 33, 36 possibly trucks that were allowed into uh, the Gaza Strip. There is the hope that there will be more coming in. 12 trucks, I understand, were carrying medical supplies. Médecins Sans Frontières has said that they've sent 26 tonnes of medical supplies to Egypt, hoping to get those into Gaza. How closely do you coordinate with uh, those trucks coming in? Well, I mean, the coordination is made logistically-wise by the Egyptian Red Crescent on the Egyptian side and Palestine Red Crescent together with the UN on the, the Palestine side. The problem here is that these trucks and this humanitarian aid needs to enter 24-7 in the Rafa border, through the Rafa border. We need to have a continuous flow of humanitarian aid. 10 trucks a day, 30 trucks another day are just drops in the ocean. And this is why we are really calling on all the parties to make this sustainable in the mid and long term, but also to create a safe humanitarian space inside the Gaza Strip. To do our work, we need safety, and civilians need safety to get the humanitarian aid that they much needed. Okay, Tommaso Della Longo of the Red Cross speaking to us today from Geneva. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you.